Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. <laughs> that was fantastic. The first taste is always the sweetest. Isn't it? It's always, that's so true. Oh, cold. It tastes delish. Cheers. Welcome to the actual campfire. Yes. My name's Tony. My name is Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures. And help you with great tips tricks and discounts we are actually at a campfire this week episode number 52 which means wait how many weeks in a year 52 blimey what a crazy coincidence that's so that's nuts yes we are at the one year mark for the stressless camping podcast and you're going to hear a voice that you've heard a number of times already but even more this time but first (laughs) Last week, you may have read the article I wrote about why you may hate RVing. And one of the things I discussed in that article was the fact that I have rebuilt the drawer in our travel trailer multiple times. Well, guess what? We get to rebuild it again. Boy, I could say all those things Yosemite Sam says. That stinking drawer... Right. That drawer, after I thought I fixed it, I put on a new catch and everything. We show up here at the campground and the darn thing's on the ground. This time it was not only open, it was on the floor, turned sideways, and completely empty. Yeah, and and the best part is it broke some of the fixes that I did last week. So So here we go again. Yeah. Anyway, this week we have two very special guests who have been full-time RVers back before it was even a thing to do. They worked on the road in a 34-foot three-slide fifth wheel called the Dreamer, Mm -hmm. giving workshops all over these fine United States. But you may also recognize one of these voices as our voiceover intro guy for the Stressless Camping Podcast. So without any further ado, I will shut up and introduce Rebecca and Mark Farrell. Well, hi, Hi. you two. It is so great to actually, and I mean this literally, physically see you, not just by Zoom And not just by phone, but we actually are traveling and visiting with terrific friends in Mammoth Lakes. So it's for real this time. It is. (laughs) What's really cool about this is that we're visiting your RV this time (laughs) instead of us dragging our trailer over to your side of the world. Right. That's true. At one point, you guys, when we had the Featherbed Railroad, brought the Dreamer up and stayed with us for like a week or so, right? Something like that? Yeah. Something like that. And what I remember about it is arriving with a big sign out front. Welcome, (laughs) girls. Oh my gosh. We felt like kings and queens. Thank you you so much. It was great. How many years were you on the road full? Because I remember when you sold your house and said, we're going to take this show on the road as it were and travel around the u.s and i'm like they're so brave we did we i think on christmas vacation in in boise where my family lives and we were driving home and we're like why do we need a house we've been doing these workshops from the dreamer and the closer we got to home on that trip in the rv the more worried we became the more anxious we became about all the things with the house that we needed to fix or paint or mow or whatever and that's when we we literally turned to each other and said why do we have a house our neighbor was in our house more than we were (laughs) 
She was. She True. mowed the lawn. She answered phone calls. She picked up the mail. She sent our mail. We're like, we don't need a house. Wow. <laughs> and you did bring a pet with you. You had Bozo. Oh, Bozo, our little bird. A cockatiel that we had from the time he was two years old, and he just passed away, well, it seems not too long ago, but I guess it's been about four years. We had him for 30 years, our entire married life. Oh, I didn't realize he was that old. A lot of people don't. You have kids until they're 18, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have a dog or a cat until they're about 12, 15 years old. Birds and tortoises, you get forever. <laughs> he was a constant part of our life for 30 years, and when he when he died, it was just completely, utterly heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, man. And he also, he was an interesting bird because part of his backside was missing. Cancer. He was a cancer survivor. He was a cancer survivor. Isn't that amazing? He got cancer when he was, I think, 20 and lived another 10 years after the surgeon took away about, uh, oh, a tenth of his body weight, his tail end. Oh, wow. So he could never fly like he used to, but he, he brought a lot of joy to Yeah, and show. he was here companion on the road very well-traveled bird he had how many states did bozo go to well we went to all the four states all in the way up in the wow. traveled three times across the united states with us you're still doing the workshops once all of this COVID stuff ends again i assume yeah what was it like to do that while you were traveling what kind of obstacles and what kind of benefits were there to living full-time and working full-time on the road i loved it i swear i must be part gypsy <laughs> Pack-up day is the good day. You know, you're going somewhere and you're going to meet new people. That's what we loved about it so much. In the early days, we, for our workshops, we were traveling and setting up and tearing down like every other day or every week. We got smart about that from a working perspective to go someplace and stay for three weeks or a month. And, and schedule your workshops. Because yeah. it's way hard after a while of packing up every week and driving, setting up, doing it all again, do your workshops that it's like. Well, and then the marketing aspect and coordinating and all of that, obviously internet becomes necessary and that's always a challenge on the road. We joined a, an RV club called the Escapees. Ah, yes. And the escapees had been around since, I guess, the 70s or the 60s or quite a long time. I don't know the history, but I know that back then, being a full-time RVer was a lot more difficult than it is today. Because you do have more reliable internet. Most RV parks have internet. We had a modem. Anywhere there was a cell tower, we could get an internet connection. So it's it's never been easier to do that. And we, like you, bought an antenna and a booster, yeah. you know, for those weak signals. And you could do everything. We started, when Rebecca and I worked for Princess Cruises, we started paying most of our bills online back then. And it's only gotten easier. Right. Uh, so we got used to having our mail forwarded a long time ago and paying the bills online. So that sort of thing has never been too terribly problematic for us. And Escapees, I think, has one of the better mail forwarding services if you take See, advantage of that. It's the only one that, that we've ever used, and I swear, we never missed a mail drop. I think they're the way to go for the mail service. Yeah, you could call them and you can ask them, you know, to go through your stuff. Or All I had to do is say, you know, we're going to be in this destination, which we always knew because we had a schedule. And it was always there. And there's a lot of RV wisdom out there. Because <laughs> everybody that you come in contact with at an RV park is going to give you some bit of wisdom. Some sure. is better than others. Yeah. <laughs> but when we were very new to the RV world, we pulled into a... 55 and older RV park in Arizona, right on the Colorado River. Beautiful setting with palm trees. And it was November. The weather was fantastic. We uh, thought it was a mirage. <laughs> What's this out here in the middle of the desert? And we were not 
55 yet. And so I asked Rebecca to go in and, and schmooze him a little bit and see if we could stay in their beautiful RV park, even though we weren't old enough because to I be there. Because I was probably 53 at the time, <laughs> not too far off. So next thing I knew, you know, here comes the guy with the cart and follow me. And, and we got into our spot. And I was setting up the trailer. Rebecca was out making friends. And, and the next thing I knew, we were being invited to stay for Thanksgiving. And they, they called us the kids, <laughs> which was awesome. So word got around the RV park, are the kids going to stay for Thanksgiving? And Because uh, we were only going to overnight. And we ended up staying for Thanksgiving. It was like having a hundred of your grandparents cooking for you, <laughs> you know, grandma. But there was a bit of advice that, that we took to heart from one of the old timers there. 200 or two. Drive 200 miles and then set up or stop at two o'clock. Right. And that was a really great bit of wisdom. We never adhered precisely to it. Sometimes we'd go 250 miles or 300 miles. But it was always in the back of your mind thinking we're not going to push it to 500 because our rule is two. (laughs) It was a reminder to enjoy the journey. Yeah. There are so many people new to the industry that are just coming in as a great alternative to all the other types of vacation they may have otherwise enjoyed. And they're going to try to push it as hard as they can. And that just takes a lot of the fun out of it. Makes it not stressless Stressless camping. camping. That is so true. Because I remember in the early days, you know, we didn't know. We didn't know that rule. And I remember one of our trips, we got into Bend, Oregon after dark. Oh, yeah. Cardinal sin. Oh, my gosh. We're now looking for an RV park. Then we have to set up in the RV park in the dark. Yeah. I swear our neighbors, which we didn't know our neighbors at that point, but they just pulled their chairs out and just sat around and watched, watched Mark <laughs> try to get in between the trees, just yeah. laughing. <laughs> we also produce an automotive website, and I went to a press event for that. And I went after working at the RV dealership. I arrived in the pitch dark at night on a moonless night there's no lighting and i'm literally the only one in the rv park at a racetrack because everyone else is staying at some fancy hotel and that's where i pulled the the seven pin right out of the bumper of the truck because i had my checklist you know it's dark it was pouring rain dark and pouring rain i set the trailer up and then the last thing i usually do is pull the seven pin out well i just drove away and it just yanked the connector right out of the bumper so i had to drive the trailer home or pull the trailer home with no brakes and no brake lights oh no oh yeah yeah so nissan frontier pulling 3500 4000 pounds of trailer with no brakes on the trailer so kids don't be a tony (laughs) we learn from those mistakes indeed right so any advice that you can impart on folks who might be thinking of Selling it all and hitting the road full time? Oh my gosh, off the top of my head, do it. It's it's just an adventure. The places that you go and the people that you meet are beyond explanation. You know, they're it's just really awesome. When you're full time, you stumble upon a place and you can just decide in that moment, you know what? Let's stay here a month. Right. Yeah. Because you don't have someplace else to be, unless of course work is taking you there, but you yeah. don't have to be home. The first thing we learned was don't travel with a full tank of water. Yeah. (laughs) Our friend sent us off with 100 gallons of water. Oh, no. 800 pounds of water. And we were going up these hills like... And you had a different truck then, too. We did. We didn't have enough truck to pull a seven-ton trailer. And that's a good piece of advice. We have a towing calculator on our site. 
I always like to say don't push your tow vehicle past about 70%. There's a lot of stuff you don't accommodate or think about, but also it's not so much how much you can tow as how much you can stop. It is. That's when the knuckle biting happens. When we got the Dreamer, we were pulling it with a three-quarter ton gas truck. It had a 454 engine. It was a big engine, but it wasn't enough. If you were a snowbird coming down from Oregon to Arizona every year and staying on the interstate, it was enough. But Rebecca and I are adventurous, and so the turning point for me was we were going through Yosemite, and we were coming down the west side of Yosemite, and I couldn't stop. Oh, as I say, yeah, it's not what you can pull, it's what you can stop. Truly. Yeah, scary. We're on this little two-lane mountain road, winding about. Oh, man. And I was shifting it into low, I was pumping the brakes, I was doing everything. Finally, I got it to stop into a pullout, and it came to a stop just inches from going over the edge of the Oh, my gosh. gosh. I was trying to stay calm and collected for my wife so that she wouldn't understand that we were in mortal danger. <laughs> yeah. The minute I stopped and crammed down the emergency brake and put it into park, turned off the engine, I jumped out, ran across the street, took a couple deep breaths and then came back. And the first thing I said to Rebecca was, we're buying a new truck. And that's when we bought the one-ton dually. Yeah. That now pulls the Dreamer, which is more than enough truck. You need more than enough truck if you're pulling a trailer. Right. For those who are new to the podcast, first, welcome. But secondly, we pull a 3,500-pound Rockwood Mini Light trailer with a Nissan Frontier. The Frontier is rated at 6,500 pounds towing capacity that we have and has all the trailering accessories and such. And the trailer is about 3,500. I figure with water and beer and (laughs) shirts and toilet paper and all of that, it's probably pushing 42, 4,300 pounds. And yes, I do intend to weigh it, but we haven't yet. So it's good to know that we have reserves. Yeah, we definitely weighed it. For you, it's beer. For us, it's Rebecca's shoes. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's what makes the difference in the weight. Rebecca always looks great. Well, I was going to say that would be my tip. Knowing what I know now, you think you have to take everything under the sun because, you know, we lived in a four-bedroom, three-car garage. So I'm going to put as much stuff into that RV as I possibly can. And then as the years go by, gosh, you, you know so quickly what you can live with, and it's minimal. I took all my dishes from my house, put them in the Dreamer. They not only were broken, it was like they had been put in a rock tumbler. Now <laughs> scratched. And- I opened up the cupboard, and there's just glass everywhere. They had just been crumbled. Oh, that's no good. We have some incredibly rough roads in the U.S., and they're all under construction in the summer. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, California. I don't think there is a smooth road in California. Super rough. So I learned in the beginning, A, get your Corel, just go with our paper, something that's not going to break. I had to line each plate with shelving, oh, Rubbermaid, whatever. Yeah. Haven't broken a dish since. We recently literally took everything out of this trailer. Yeah, we did. At the beginning of the year, we took everything out of the trailer. We decided that there are some things we need for traveling, and there are some things we only need when we're camping which is different because then we're hanging out with friends and if I go to make a drink I need to make you a drink and so I need extra cups and extra plates and extra everything but when the two of us are traveling around the U.S. we need two of everything. Peggy wrote an article about it and there's pictures in our kitchen of how much stuff was in the trailer and it accumulates and it's also 
stuff you have to either pull or stop. And after a while, it's like, what can I get rid of? If I haven't touched it in six months, see ya. I think for <laughs> us, because we were full time, it's like you're in every single season. Yeah. So we still had to take all of our coats. Boots, hats, gloves, and then summertime is the opposite, and we're trying to stuff everything somewhere. I think another bit of advice that I could give somebody is tires. Yes. Good, yeah. (laughs) Get tires that are overrated for your purpose. We've popped so many tires, and I'm meticulous about keeping it at the proper inflation. For some reason, they would still explode. So finally, I got a 10-ply huge professional trucking tires i wish i could tell you what brand and all that for the trailer and i haven't had any problems with tires since that's outstanding advice because a lot of rv manufacturers and particularly travel trailers put these trailer tires on that there's a number of very impolite terms that people use to describe them we replace the tires on our trailer and i i'm a nut about checking the inflation i even have an inflator with me when we replaced it with these really good tires just the towing experience was so much better so know that most travel trailer tires that come from the factory are terrible and it's unfortunate. Have you had a blowout yet? We had a, it wouldn't hold air. We didn't have a blowout, which is good because we have a single axle. So that would be a huge big deal. But we had a tire that we hadn't gone out for maybe a couple of months. And so it was a little low. So we filled it up. That's not a big deal. And then we were sitting for a day or two and it was low. And that seems like it might be a bigger deal. So we actually had an appointment in the town we were going to for the following day. We were going to get there and get settled. And on the highway to our destination, people were honking and waving at us and our tire was going lower and lower and lower. So we just went to the place where we had an appointment tomorrow and said, we can't wait till tomorrow. Can we do it now? And of course, I'm out there trying to inflate the tire and it's pouring. Because a tire problem will never happen on a bright sunny day. (laughs) It will only happen when it's rainy or snowy or you're on the side of the interstate. We've had the opposite experience almost every single time. And we've had many blowouts. It's always on a 105 degree day. Uh. No place to pull off the interstate or wherever we are. And Mark has changed trailer tires, truck tires. You know, so if you think you can't do it, you can. You can jack up that trailer. The irony of that is that we're covered by several insurance companies you know, from Good yeah. Sam to AAA to, you know, everybody. But it's going to take them at least 90 minutes to come out. And by that time, I can have I the tire I could have figured changed. it out, yeah. Oh, if you're lucky. <laughs> I've had estimates of three hours. Yeah. It's sort of like making a request for a song at a radio station. Sure, you may eventually hear your song, but it's going to be a while. <laughs> the other rule that we had that I think really benefited us was we tried to travel as much as possible off of interstate roads and on U.S. highways and state highways and even county roads. And you get a real sense of what America is and who Americans are when you do that. You wind through these little towns and you never know. There, There's some amazing things that happen. There was an RV park in Osmond, Kansas. Well, not a park. It was the town park with two RV spaces. (laughs) And so we got one of the spaces and we were taking an evening walk with our adult beverage and we were invited to a family reunion. (laughs) The nice family was having this huge reunion. They had corn on the cob. It was, I mean, it was classic Americana, beautiful evening in Osmond, Kansas. And next thing you know, we're part of the family, part of the family. (laughs) And so cool hearing stories about some of the hardships that the farmers were having at the time, passing their farms down to their children and some of the policies that prevented them from doing that. But those are the types of things. And you end up finding yourself in places that 
you just whiz by on an interstate highway. Oh, boring too. To just see the same. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the same. Is the same. In any state you go to, it's the same. Also, make sure to try the local food. Absolutely. I mean, that's the... Stay away from Olive Garden. I hope they're not your sponsor. (laughs) Stay away from the chain restaurants and find out what the local people are. They're small businesses, micro businesses. They're entrepreneurs. And the money that you spend in their restaurant is going to help their daughter with the swim coach or or dancing. That's really the American economy. Yep. Yep. All these small businesses. And you'll be so pleasantly surprised by how good the food is yeah and the experience and it's a local yeah sometimes you're going to be disappointed but most of the times it's just doggone cool and sometimes you accidentally stumble upon a brewery oftentimes (laughs) if we're lucky if i plan it right yeah we had breakfast one time in a bar in south dakota from the time we left sioux falls coming back to california i mean nothing is out there it is just weeds and sagebrush or whatever and we're going to stop at this in this little town Everything is boarded up except for this bar. And they are serving breakfast. (laughs) Anytime you roll into a small town and you're hungry, just look for the trucks. Right. Yeah, that's true. And you know, for a bar serving breakfast, you know you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's right. (laughs) I am going to get some hate emails for that. (laughs) They were having coffee. They weren't drinking. That's right. That's true. Yeah, we were were drinking coffee that early in the morning, especially getting on the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we found we were in Oklahoma and, you know, in my mind of Oklahoma, sorry, Oklahomans, I, I don't mean this as a slight, but having never been there before, I was thinking grapes of wrath i was thinking dust bowl and oil derricks and all that sort of thing and oklahoma is one of the most beautiful states we have and we stumbled upon this place called roman nose Huh. And it used to be a resort, an 18-hole golf course, and it was just a, a beautiful experience. And we stumbled upon that in our travels because we stayed off the interstates. Right. And this particular time, we were trying to avoid Texas. And again, no slight against <laughs> Texas. We lived in Texas. We love Texas and Texans. That's not the point. The point is, we just thought it would be novel to try to get across the United States. You had already without, been in Texas to go going, somewhere new. You're in Texas for days. Without going through Texas. And yeah, we went across the Oklahoma panhandle straight into New Mexico. So we just played little games like that wherever we went. Let's see if we can go on the Blue Ridge Parkway the whole way to our destination. And and we did one time. We fell into Blowing Rock. So if you're out there and if you've never been to Blowing Rock, go there. It's just this amazing place. It's a tourist destination that we had never heard of. Get your waffle cone and all that sort of thing. So to say it succinctly, Explore. Go off the highways and find the red roads, as John Huggins would say. The state roads, not the interstates. Because we could bore you with story after story after full-timing for five years. And I know that there's a time limit on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They can edit us out. Well, what we'll do is we'll close this segment with that. Mark and Rebecca, we appreciate your being here on our one-year anniversary episode. But next, we're going to talk about where we are in beautiful Mammoth Lakes, California. We haven't been able to talk about a destination for a while because we've been home. So we're going to talk about Mammoth Lakes, California after we come back. Join us in a moment. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, 
They're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page. And you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. For a couple of months, we haven't been able to give you a new destination. We haven't been traveling. We haven't found any place new. And this week, yay, we're on the road. I left the county for the first time in three months. And we are in the beautiful Mammoth Lakes, California with our great friends, Mark and Rebecca. And we are going to tell you a little bit about Mammoth and do some exploring here in Mammoth and hopefully entice you to come and visit here as well. Mammoth in the winter is a big ski town, right? Huge ski town, yes. It is the last place I ever skied because my friend, when I was back when I was a young lad, we came up here, listened to a only cassette tape we had, which was the Doors, and listened to a Doors tape all the way up. And then because I had now started to ski, he's like, oh, well, let's go up to the highest peak. I don't remember what the heck it was. And he drags me up there and says, okay, have fun. I put the skis back in the car after I got down safely, and that was the last time I ever skied. This sounds oddly familiar to the last time you ever played golf. Yeah, it is (laughs) oddly familiar. I gave away the skis too. Mammoth is a great ski town. It started out as a well, it started out as a mining town. wasn't a very good mining town, from what I understand, but it turned into a really great ski town. And the top of the mountain is eleven thousand fifty-three feet. Wow! So you were up eleven thousand fifty-three feet if he took you to the top. Wow! To go skiing, and I snowplowed the whole way down. No wonder you got elevation sickness. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but there's stuff to do in the summer too. So some of the things that When I was a kid, we lived in L.A., and there was a lot of things that we would enjoy. We came up here a lot. Things that I remember that I really enjoyed was the Devil's Post Pile. Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible... You can only describe this with pictures. We'll put pictures on our website about it, but it's just this geologic formation that it looks like columns of stone that have been melted. Which is kind of what it is. Yeah. From what I understand it, it's basalt that slowly cooled. It cooled slowly enough that it crystallized and formed hexagonal columns. Columns, right. It's astounding to look at. You got to go there and see it. It's an unreal thing to see. And it's something like, I think, 60 to 90 feet tall, sheer cliffs of this columnar rock. Yeah. Some pieces look like they've been melted, which they have. And when you go there, do yourself a favor. Don't just stand and look at the columns from below right. but also get on top and exactly. look at the pattern it looks like a beehive it's from above so yeah weird. when you stand yeah. on the top yeah it's really amazing and i think the top was sheared off by glacial action a lot of glaciation happened in this whole area and there's still i think three or four living glaciers in the sierra nevada mountains they're shrinking rather quickly right. with warming and all that i took a backpacking trip something else that's very popular to do here in mammoth lakes and the eastern sierra several years ago to go see the Palisade Glacier before it was gone, basically. And so I hiked up to see it, and I started to go out and stand on it, but it was creaking, and it was making all these noises. (laughs) A little bit scary. And I thought, well, better safe than sorry. But I took fascinating pictures, I hope I can share them with you, of where, you know, glaciers convey boulders, giant boulders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They scrape along, and then the glacier melts and leaves these boulders called erratics, and you'll see those all around Yosemite and the Eastern Sierra. and and here in Mammoth as well. So I'm looking at the Palisade Glacier, and from a distance, it looks like there are mushrooms in the middle of the glacier. And what it is, it's 
where the glacier had taken a boulder and then the snow is melting underneath it, leaving a column of snow or ice suspending this boulder in the air and it's shaped like a mushroom. Wow. Huh. And there were several of those. I, I took some pictures of it. Really I'd love to see that. That's really cool. So geology around here is pretty fascinating. Mark is an avid hiker and backpacker. He is often said, Tony, you should come with me. And I said, D -d -d uh. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. D -d 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 uh. Yeah, I I'd like to, but we'll get you a horse. How about a quad or a motorcycle? <laughs> I like things that have brake pedals on them. Horses have brake pedals. <laughs> <laughs> also, things that I remember from being here is we used to be able to go into Hot Creek. I guess you can't anymore. You can go there, but you shouldn't get into the creek because you can scald your skin. You you don't want your skin falling off of your bones. No, it, it's useful. It's, After yeah, all, it's how else are you going to show off your tan? Right. If you have <laughs> an affinity for your skin, you shouldn't go into Hot Creek. I remember when I was a teenager and I came here, I did. And it was weird because Hot Creek has, there's these volcanic vents. And the creek, like you're sitting there and it's cold and then it gets hot. It's just so weird. It's well, I like Tony it. go in it and nobody else can go in it? Tony got lucky. Just didn't get scalded? Right. Tony's done a lot of really stupid stuff that other people should not do. A lot, a lot. When I was here in 1997 and I did a little bit of studying on Hot Creek, a lot of people hung out in the creek. Yeah. I thought... It's maybe not the best idea. There are hot springs that are safe to go into, and they've built little tubs yeah. out the same road. It's out the, the Green Church Road, as we call it locally. It has a name, but I couldn't tell you what the name of the road <laughs> is because we just call it the Green Church Road. But you can go out there toward the Owens River, which is fed by hot... Uh, what are those called? Hot springs. Thank you. I just <laughs> wait a second. A little bit more beer. Yeah. By the way, we are drinking and podcasting, and it's a wonderful thing. In fact, we are going to go to another of the things to do here in Mammoth. They have a brewery, and yeah. so we'll we'll go issue a full report on that. There are actually two breweries here now. Oh well, man! Well, I have to move here then. And a distillery. Oh, there we go. So yes, Mammoth Lakes is coming up. So the Owens River is fed by not only the hot springs, but also by our artesian wells too is that right yes yeah yeah absolutely when you go out the road there's a campground called brownstown and if you fish along that stretch of of stream you'll notice and especially in the winter you see the steam coming off of the water yeah. yeah so yeah there's fishing there's camping there's mountain biking mammoth mountain has turned into a world-class mountain biking mountain now they have beginner and intermediate and advanced trails all yes. over the mountain yeah. we're at the old shady rest campground yeah. yeah and there's all these trails just sprouting off of here the town has a trail system that is interesting they have placards throughout the trail system that tells you a little bit about history about the geology and that sort of thing. There's a plaque that tells about Dave McCoy, who's the local icon, really. Dave McCoy is the gentleman who made Mammoth Mountain and, as a result, made the city, made the town. And I like the story of why it's called Mammoth Mountain, because it looks like one. If you look at the mountain from a distance, it looks it like a woolly mammoth. Initially, it was called Mammoth City. When this was a mining town, it was just Mammoth City. When they went to incorporate, they found that there was already a mammoth in California. Oh. So they just added lakes. There are no mammoth lakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Though there is Convict Lake. There are lots of lakes around, but not mammoth lakes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's Mamie and there's Mary and there's Twin Lakes. 
There's Convict Lake. There's Mono Horseshoe Lake. Horseshoe Lake. Horseshoe Lake. Lake. There's a lot of lakes, yeah. but there there's no Mammoth Lakes except <laughs> for the town itself. Huh. Pretty cool. Convict Lake was named because convicts got loose from Carson City Jail, and they holed up at Convict Lake. And Sheriff Morrison was killed in a gunfight with the convicts who were finally captured. The lake then became known as Convict Lake. See, we always try to tell arresting stories here at the Stressless Camping oh Podcast. <laughs> My first pun in Ooh, a whole man, podcast? man, he's waited a long time to make wow. a pun. <laughs> That's shocking. Pulled that together. I think Thank I you. need another drink. Yeah, I think we all do. We're going to have an article on our Stressless Camping website, which is kind of our home for everything at Stressless Camping. You can right. jump off to all the various places we are on social media. You can find these podcasts, other stories, tips. There's even a new feature I'm working on, so that'll be frequently asked questions about RVing. will be up when I finish that. So lots of cool stuff. And there's a second story in our people and their trailers stories. So lots of reasons to visit us at Stressless Camping. We sincerely appreciate you visiting us on StresslessCamping.com here on the podcast and all the various places you can find us on social media and on the internet and And such. And we sincerely appreciate your reviews also. Boy, isn't that the truth. That helps other people find us and it helps us to get such fantastic guests like Mark and Rebecca and all the people who we have the privilege of talking with and you know it's been a year now and so thank you very much to everybody you're a lot of people are downloading us and so thank you to you thank you to mark and rebecca for being here and loved it happy Happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure we're honored by your reviews on apple podcasts which helps others find us too don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure and we look forward to your joining us next week until then happy camping